Aztec Nation. Hope everyone's doing well. This is the Aztec Breakdown Podcast. I'm Trone, your host for today's show, and I'm doing another Pupcast edition of the pod. Uh, Be sure to follow, subscribe, uh, five-star reviews, nice comments, all the good things for the show. You can find me everywhere on social media at Aztec Breakdown. Uh, You can find Kyle at Call Me Kinslow on Twitter. You can find Austin at It's Austin Bolton on Twitter. And you can find Carly at Car Car McGee on Twitter. So make sure you're following everybody, uh, interacting with them. I know we all just really love engaging with with the fans and uh, all the all the good stuff. So make sure to, you know, follow the pod, find us on social media and uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be good times. It's been overall like objectively a good season. So let's, let's keep it rolling. It, it maybe has been a little disappointing compared to what we thought we would get if we're being honest, but still objectively a good season. So let's keep it rolling and let's hope for a, uh, Strong finish together. Today, going to be talking about uh, the upcoming Utah State game, as well as a couple other big picture things. Let's start with the upcoming game on the road against Utah State, a very hard place to play uh, for a number of reasons. They have a very engaged student section. They are up at elevation, and the team is just generally pretty good over the last few years, right? They uh, they made three straight trips to the Mountain West Conference Tournament Championship game, right? Uh, so they've, they've always been, or, or recently, not always, but they've recently been, been very good, even in like last year where they weren't as good, you know, they were, they were like a six or seven seed in, in, in the final standings. Uh, they still were were a solid team and hard to beat at home. And so playing there on the road is is a difficult task. And this year's not going to be any different, right? They are once again a good team. They're in the low the low thirties in the net. They're not quite that high in Ken Palm, you know, in Ken Palm I think they're around the fifties or so, but still you know, if you're if you're in the 50s out of 360 teams or whatever, you're still looking very good on a national level. So they're looking really good. Their offense is absolutely ridiculous. And last I checked, they are still the best three-point shooting team in the country, right? They shoot a better percentage from three than anyone else in the entire nation, uh, led by Stephen Ashworth, who has just become ridiculously good offensively, and uh, is is you know I saw a, a Utah State fan post a thing, and it was uh, 
it was like one of those upgrade memes, right? Where it shows like shows a picture and it hits like the upgrade button and then it shows, you know, the better version of the picture. And it was Sam Merrill and then they upgraded him to Stephen Ashworth. And I was like, wow, like bold statement considering how good Sam Merrill was. I have before myself made a comparison and this isn't, this is one of those comparisons that like isn't great because of the level of comparison is kind of like deep down the barrel. And if you just look at it on the surface, it's, it's going to be wrong, but the surface isn't what I'm saying, but I've, I've compared him to, uh, Jimmer Fredette. Right. And, and that's not to say that Ashworth is a guy who's going around and scoring 30 points and also getting six assists or whatever. Right. He's not, Ashworth isn't going to be a national player of the year, but he was on the Jimmer Fredette level because Jimmer, all his value came offensively and on defense he was average at best and oftentimes even a negative but despite being a negative defensively his offense was just that good that he could still do things like national player of the year right Stephen Ashworth is in that category where he has been all year he has been the second best player in the Mountain West, according to my composite metric, despite being a negative on defense. Uh, so, like, you know, even though he's he's not great on defense, he's been ranked better than than everybody else. He's he's led to more positive impact than everybody else, basically. So that that's where the comparison is, right? He is very good. Their other big time star player is Taylor Funk, who is also very good offensively, very good at spacing the floor and shooting from three. He's like a 6'8 power forward. He's a guy I really wanted the Aztecs to go after in the transfer portal. He was on my list of like, I really want the Aztecs to contact these guys, right? Side note, I've been looking up some of those names that I wanted them to contact. And some of them they did contact. But I've been looking up those names and just been like, man, like... These players are all balling out, right? And that's not to say that I don't like Parrish. It's not to say I don't like Trammell, right? Because they have been good in their own rights uh, at different points of the season. Consistency has been hard to find, but they've been good. So I'm not trying to down-talk anybody, but I'm like, man, like all these players have just been killing it. Anyways, Taylor Funk, right? 6'8", power forward, who can really stretch the floor. He's shooting like 40-something percent from three this year, so... He's been really good too. And those two like lead the charge in terms of their three-point shooting, right? Now where Utah State struggles is defensively. They're not a below average defensive team, but they're not that much above average either. And so uh, that's where you can really get them, right? Is their defense might let you keep up with them, especially if they have an off shooting night, right? And so... When they played the Aztecs, they, they or in, in Viejas, they really struggled in the first half, right? The Aztecs defense was swarming them, and it, it was kind of similar to, like, that Boise State game, right, where after the first half, the Aztecs look like they have just a clear advantage, a clear lead, and that this game should be a blowout. The problem was, in the second half, Utah State went off and scored almost 50 points in one half, so that's... That's the type of thing their offense can do. 
I think as we're looking at the game, there you're 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 going to see a lot of keys to the game thrown out, right? We we since you know I started Aztec Breakdown a while ago. At the time, there were a couple people that that covered the Aztecs. There there weren't that many, uh, and now there's a lot more, and that's great. It's, it's great for for us as fans and great for just the team in general. But what it means is you're going to see a lot of keys to the game thrown out. And they're all going to be good keys. They're all going to be things that are definitely going to matter. I think I'm going to try and simplify everything you're going to you're going to see, right? If it comes down to one thing, and granted, bringing it down to one thing is never a good idea because there's so many different things that happen, but if you're looking at one thing, I think what you're looking for is the Aztecs, if they want to win, it's likely that they're going to need to match the three-point output from from Utah State or get get very close to it, right? So that means if if Utah State shoots nine for 20 from three, relatively easy numbers, right? Nine for 20, the Aztecs need to shoot in the range of eight to 20, right? At, at, a, at a minimum. Um, now, hopefully, the Aztecs defense doesn't let them shoot 9 for 20. Hopefully, they limit three-point attempts in general, and then the three-point attempts Utah State does get largely don't go in, and they hold Utah State to, like, 5 for 20, right? And 20 is probably not even enough. They're probably going to shoot closer to, like, 25, 26, 27 threes. But... We'll just stick with 20 because it's it's a little bit easier numbers. Hopefully they can hold them to like 5 for 20, right? That would be 25%. And then if the Aztecs shoot 4 for 20, 5 for 20, even if they match like the Boise State 4 for 22, that's relatively close, right? It's it's 4 for 22 isn't a great percentage at all, but it's it's relatively close, right? It's it's right in that ballpark of, of matching it then I think they'll be in okay shape. I would expect them, if they can match the three-point output over the course of the game, I think the Aztecs will be in okay shape because they should be able to have enough advantages elsewhere in all the other facets of the game that they can pull out a win if they can do that, right? So if they continue to get the ball inside like they did against Boise State... Utah State doesn't have as many big physical guys. They have some. They have some, but like, you know, like I said, they're starters. You know, you got Stephen Ashworth. He's a negative on defense. He's average at best on defense. Uh, Taylor Funk, kind of similar, right? Like he's he's 6'8", but he's one of these like stretch four guys. And he does get a good amount of rebounds, right? He gets five or six rebounds a game, but he's not the most physical. He wants to, you know, space the floor out. And so... If you can get into him and attack him, and especially in certain situations, right, if you can attack him, like, in transition especially or something with Kashad Johnson, I don't I don't know that he has the athleticism to, like, keep up. And that will lead to, you know, buckets or fouls. And then their, their second best shooter is, you know, off the floor for a chunk of the game because he's in foul trouble. So there's there's things that can be done, right? The Aztecs defense can clamp down on other stuff. If they can, if Utah State's going off from three, maybe the Aztecs can clamp down at the rim 
and just just protect that area, right? So there are options. So that is the main key. Match the three-point output, whether it's done by going, you know, somewhat nuclear in the way that they have before, where they're shooting high 40 percentages from three, uh, or whether it's by holding Utah State down to lower percentages or some combination of both, right? The Aztecs haven't had many games where they shoot, you know, 35, 36, 37% from behind the arc. It seems like they're all like in in the low 20s range or they're in like the mid 40s range and there hasn't been a whole lot of middle ground there. So whatever they do, they need to try and match Utah State and then if they can do that, they can win in enough other facets of the game. I think that they'll be okay. Uh, you know, a lot of it's just going to depend on what version of what version of the team do we get, right? Is it the version that came out uh, on the road against Nevada and played okay, but ultimately when it came down to it, couldn't get a stop for the last however many minutes of the game, right? Nevada scored on the last... 14 of the last 15 possessions, I think it was, right, on that on that game on the road. And so that's the last, what, 6 to 10 minutes, somewhere in that range, where basically Nevada scored every single time. And the Aztecs couldn't, couldn't match that scoring. They got kind of close, but they couldn't match the scoring, and they couldn't stop it. And so they could never really fully make that comeback. So if the Aztecs get that version... If, if that's the version of defense they're playing, it's not going to be good, right? But if they get, like, the version that they were against Boise State, then they have a real chance. And nothing is a given. Nothing is a given, especially on the road at Utah State. But they'll, they'll definitely have a chance, right? Because they'll be able to win in all those other areas, or enough of those other areas, that if they can match the three-point shooting, they'll be in good shape. So... It's, it's largely going to depend on just what version of the team shows up. It, I've made this comparison before, but this team still reminds me more of the 2017-2018 Aztecs team with Trey Kellen Malik Pope as seniors. Uh, Jalen McDaniels was a freshman that year, right? And they came in. It's Coach Dutch's first year as head coach. And they came in and they had all this focus on on the offense and this new offensive system they were running. And Trey Kill got hurt and missed a couple games. And when he came back, the team was able to lock in. They just had this realization like, we need to get back to playing defense. We need to get back to playing defense because that's what we do at San Diego State. We play defense. And when they did that, they went on like a nine-game winning streak that resulted in uh, winning the Mountain West Tournament championship game. So it would be nice if, if if the Aztecs could pull that off, right? They have their team meeting that Agueca Rope calls, with that, that uh, Ziegler wrote about before the, the, the Boise State game. They have a team meeting where they're there and they talk about the things that they can do better and how they want to recommit to especially the defensive side and be better on that end. So it worked It worked at home against Boise. If it works on the road against Utah State too, then we're, we're in business. 
and then we're in business. So, uh, there's that. There's there's the Utah State preview. Let's transition to some some big picture stuff here. I checked bracket matrix this morning. It's Tuesday morning for me as I'm as I'm saying this. So bracket matrix is great and it also has its issues, right? It's great because it gets hundreds of brackets often at times, especially the deeper into the season you get. It gets just a bunch of people submitting their brackets and um, what that does is it helps just check people's different biases. And it usually ends up being pretty accurate, the, the combination of all these different brackets. So for example, last year, the the bracket matrix, the combined bracket that they put together had uh, 67 of the 68 teams in the field, like correctly placed, right? So every team but one that they said would make it would end up making it, which is which is great. And also 67 of the 68 teams, so every team that they placed was seated within one spot of where it actually ended up. Right. So hypothetically, if they said, uh, you know, San Diego State was going to be an eight seed, then when the bracket came out, San Diego State either ended up being a seven, eight or nine seed. Right. I think San Diego State did end up being an eight seed. I don't remember what they said San Diego State was going to be last year, but everybody was within one seed in either direction. Right. So that's it's really accurate. It gives you a really good picture of where the team will be before Selection Sunday actually happens. Now, why do I bring it up? Well, I checked it this morning. Oh, the other, the other bad thing. I, I, you know, I checked it this morning. The, the bad thing about Bracket Matrix is that, especially in the middle of the season, not everybody updates their brackets on a daily basis. And so some of the brackets they have, when you look, it tells you the date that it was checked. And some of them are from like a week ago, right? So it's, it's not always the most up-to-date. Now, normally by the time you're a couple days away from a game, the vast majority of brackets have updated and, and have accounted for that game. So it's, it's you know, if, if your team wins and you check it the very next day, it's not going to be reflective of that win just yet. So there is a little bit of lag. But that being said, I checked it this morning, Tuesday morning, and uh, the Aztecs were a six seed in bracket matrix which is solid, right? It's not, I think, what uh, we would have hoped for coming into the season. And there is still time to improve it. That's the good news. But it's solid, right? I feel like at this point of the season, if somebody said, we can guarantee you a six seed right now, but even if you outplay it, you're still stuck with the six seed, I think I take it. Honestly, that seems like it's... It's about as good as it's going to get, maybe. Now, if the team really turns it on, like I talked about a minute ago, and they go on a big-time winning streak, and they get some more of these quad one road wins in conference here, they can they can outplay that. If they go on a big streak and they win the tournament, they can get up to a five, maybe even a four, but somebody else is probably going to have to drop a little bit for that to happen. We'll see, but... You know, that's that's it's gonna be asking a lot to win at Utah State, to win at Boise State, uh, and to win 
at New Mexico. Those are all good teams. And then on top of that, to win the the conference tournament, uh, which is always a hard task. So we'll see what happens. But six seed is looking good. So according to Bracket Matrix, they're a six seed, which means it's a really good chance that they will be somewhere between a five and a seven. So that's the good news. Uh, Bracket Matrix also has four of the five Mountain West teams in the field. So that's also good news. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people make a big deal about the conference's poor play in the tournament. And that is a problem. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not a deal at all. I'm not trying to to say it's not something to be concerned about. Uh, I do think that there is value simply getting to the tournament and uh bo- both from from like a prestige wet point right like if you just make the tournament every year mostly people are going to recognize you as a tournament team nationally speaking they'll be like oh yeah you know I, they're just going to remember always seeing your team there now they might also remember that you never win but still getting there means you're in the top 10% of teams in any given year. So if you're there every year, that bodes really well, right? So that's kind of where I'm going with that. So I think there's value in getting there. There's also, even if you're not into that sort of thing, there's also value in uh, the financials. You play a game, you get a tournament unit, it gets the conference money. So that's good as well. So if you make it, there's a minor, like prestige benefit going on Uh, and even if you're not buying into that there's a very real objective measurable financial benefit just for making it right so that's that's all good there's also the part where so much of the tournament and how you do in the tournament is based off of uh there's a little bit of luck involved both with like the performance of how you do on the court, there's always going to be luck involved in that to a certain degree, right? But in a single elimination tournament that gets amplified, there's also luck in the sense of who you get matched up with, right? Are you matched up with a team that you can really compete against? And getting a higher seed helps that because even if it's a poor matchup, maybe you can still just out-talent them. But uh, it's not guaranteed, right? And so... A lot of the, when you look at these other conferences, a lot of the wins that they have have come, or not a lot of the wins, but basically what separates some of these conferences from the Mountain West in terms of their records, if you compare teams with like similar seeds, is that they have had enough teams get in to where they've had a 7, 8, 9, 10... 11, even a 12 seed, make a run, like a sweet 16 run sometime in the last five to 10 years. And that gave them a couple extra wins, right? And some of that is just based off of luck and who they were matched up with. Uh, And so if the Mountain West gets more teams in, there's a better likelihood that somebody, somebody can make a run, right? Even if they're the lower seed, even if it's I don't know, New Mexico getting in as a 10 seed or whatever, there's a chance that they 
can make a run that, you know, some crazy stuff can happen. It's March Madness for a reason. And they all of a sudden are in the Sweet 16. And all of a sudden, the Mountain West record over the past, you know, decade or whatever doesn't look nearly as bad. It's still not great. It's still not great. But it's like on par with with everyone else at that point. Like just a couple wins gets it to, to be about where everybody else is. So, uh, yeah, getting, getting four teams in the tournament again would be great. Even if they all lose, it's still a good thing. There's, there's basically no evidence to suggest that anywhere in the bracket, uh, if they get four teams in and lose that they will get less teams in in the future. That's not a thing. If it was, they wouldn't have gotten four teams in last year. Because all they did was lose before then as well, and they still got four teams in. So it's not a thing. And that's that one of them was one of the last teams in because Wyoming had to play a play-in game. So, like, if it was going to happen, it would have happened to Wyoming, and it didn't. So it's not a thing to worry about. It's good to get in even if all you do is lose. Um, But it's better to win, obviously. So get more teams in, there's a better chance of winning. That's what we're looking at there. In summary... The Mountain West looks like it's poised for a successful regular season, at the very least. Like, getting four teams in is, is a good year in terms of, of, of regular season performance and, and non-conference performance. So, they seem like they've cracked the code for the net of just, like, win a bunch of games in the non-conference and, and get a bunch of teams in. Uh, so, that's looking good. And and hopefully a team can make a run, and hopefully it's San Diego State. But it, I mean, hopefully two ke- teams can make a run. Shoot, uh, and then as far as San Diego State goes, game against Utah State Wednesday night. Uh, hopefully they can pull it off. If they pull it off, they're going to be in very good position. They will be in in sole possession of first place. They'll be at least a game ahead of everybody. Right? If they lose. They're in like a tie for first place with Utah State, and they would have split the series, which means it goes to the next tiebreaker, which which we're not going to get into now because it's it's too far down the road. But if they can win, they'll be in really good position for the last third of the conference season. There'll be six games left, and at least four of those games will be really winnable. Uh, and if they can show that they can win at Utah State, then they can also win potentially at New Mexico and at Boise State as well. It'll, it'll just increase the confidence levels for me at the very least. So hopefully they can pull it off. And if they do, they'll be in really good shape. And it'll also obviously be another quad one win and help their uh, their tournament seating as well. So with that all being said, as Tech Nation, I think that does it for this one. And we will catch you next time.